Welcome to Aches and Gains, a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, pain specialist at the Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. Pain has reached epidemic proportions, and chronic pain affects a staggering 25% or more of the population. Its human impact is real and is felt by infants, children, all the way to older adulthood. But there's hope and there's treatment. This show offers compelling stories of those who found relief and offers insight into treatments that can ease pain and human suffering. Holistic medicine looks at the whole person in order to achieve balance and well-being. It incorporates nutrition, the environment, emotions, as well as social, spiritual, and lifestyle modifications in order to heal and attain a state of wellness. Today, we'll explore holistic approaches for pain relief. Naomi Judd, a six-time Grammy Award winner and spokesperson for Partners Against Pain, shares the techniques that she practices in times of heightened pain. Then, Dr. David Mount, an expert on the relationship between chronic pain and psychological health, offers tips on achieving a healthier connection between the mind and the body. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, Endo Pharmaceuticals, Neurogesics, and Boston Scientific. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Today on Aches and Gains, we're delighted to have Naomi Judd, a six-time Grammy Award winner, a New York Times best-selling author, a generous humanitarian, and a spokesperson for Partners Against Pain. Naomi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Paul. And you know what? It's kind of, well, it's always sort of, wow, for me, listening to um, those fabulous, flattering compliments. But you know what I'm most proud of? I'm a survivor. I survived hepatitis C, and I'm a medically documented miracle. <laughs> well, congratulations, and thanks for clarifying that. Before your rise to fame, will you set the stage for what life was like for you and your daughters? Everything was very secure. We did the same thing every day. Daddy ran a gas station that was just two blocks away. I could walk over and see him. So I had this lovely, secure world, and then Dr. Paul... The night before my senior year of high school, I got pregnant. Her name's Juanona. I gave birth to her nine months later on graduation night of high school. So that started our duet. And I had to marry another boy across town. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I understand understand the meaning of you being a survivor. Flash forward, I went to nursing school, got my RN degree. Um, Yeah, I earned a lot more than an RN degree. I got self-respect. If people ever see us on TV, is my redheaded daughter Winona, the one I sing with, uh, and then Ashley, my big screen judge. How did working as a nurse shape your ideas about pain? Oh, goodness. I was a nurse before we sang, and I knew nothing about the spirit-mind-body connection. Remember, I'm a hillbilly. But you know what? I intuited so much being an ICU. I see you. I love that. <laughs> Don't tell me you've never thought of that. <laughs> I have. I have. You're right. I felt on a day-to-day basis being with my patients. For instance, I've got two women in, in a room, and they both have the same diagnosis and prognosis. And 
One of them has cards. She's on the phone. She's got well-wishers in the room. Maybe she's got flowers. She laughs at my dumb jokes. She asks what the medication is I'm trying to give her. I'm just going to feel so much better about her than I am the lady the same age, same predicament, in the next bed that's gloomy. But it's just so obvious that you become what you see. You become what you think. So if you have pain... You have to understand that that's part of life. Pain is absolutely necessary. It's like change. Those little moments that give shape and definition to our our reality. But I figured out that the suffering is optional. Yes. There's something you can do, and that's about being proactive. That's what I did when I got hep C, for instance. Psychologically, of course, pain is a symptom that there's an underlying cause. So you want to figure out, you know, this isn't working. I might want to find a different kind of boyfriend. Maybe I don't want an ex-con on heroin next time. <laughs> <laughs> All that to say, you figure out what doesn't work. And when I have pain, the first thing is to get still and realize that it's going to escalate. I better take ibuprofen or whatever. Um, there's something going on. And also, it's completely subjective. So you have to figure out a way to describe it to your doctor. Is it a thud? Is it sharp? Is it um, deep and aching? Is it, you know? And you have to be able to be a participant. You mentioned earlier that at the height of your career, you developed hepatitis C, which is a liver disease, from an infected needle during the time you worked as a registered nurse. Will you share with us your battle with pain? I had malaise. My bones ached. I had the depression which seems to exacerbate and make everything a little worse. Just this low-grade temp, constant headache. Every day I woke up feeling horrible, just yucky. It's kind of like having the flu every day, and you know it's just going to continue to get worse. The GI specialist told me I had maybe three years to live, which is so horrible I can't even put it into words. When you're sitting there in a wheelchair, you've lost your career, your family's freaked out, because you're the one that holds everything together, of course. Well, it was really hard. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is sponsored by King Pharmaceuticals, a leading pharmaceutical company focused in specialty-driven markets, including pain management, and dedicated to improving and protecting quality of life for people around the world. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. We're speaking with Naomi Judd, a six-time Grammy Award winner and spokesperson for Partners Against Pain. Based on your experience, how can people identify a good pain doctor? Well, you want to give out your number? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm serious about that. You have docs that get it, and then there's docs that, you know, should be an auto mechanic. I think the first thing is to go like you're doing a job interview. Us gals are always looking for Mr. Right. You have to find Dr. Right. That's you a great analogy. Realize, yeah, this is another human being, and they have to be willing and, and ready to be a partner with you because every person is different. The best way, really, is uh, word of mouth. But you find a doc that you resonate with. You arm yourself with information. I would so find out everything. 
you know, I've read that you've designed a personal pain management plan for yourself, including mind, body, and spiritual approaches. Will you describe those approaches for us? Oh, for me, it's all about realizing, first and foremost, that we're a spiritual being. And whatever the God of your understanding is, your higher power, I respect that. But you have to acknowledge, and I'm into uh, quantum physics and cosmology, um, not cosmetology, cosmetology. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the further I get into quantum physics and cosmology, yes, this is Naomi Judd. I'm a redheaded hillbilly singer. Get over it. Um, but the farther I get into all that, I realize that the universes, plural, are based on energy. And we have to have awareness and consciousness, which simply means that we sit back and we observe what's not working. And that's really been, a, I guess, one of the techniques I've used throughout my life because I've made so many mistakes. You know all these studies about how important it is to be out in nature, be around like-minded people, have goals. We hear about the woman that survives breast cancer longer because she had to go to her daughter's wedding and all that. So I'm just acknowledging the power of the spirit and the mind. And then with the body, I know that you have to acknowledge pain and describe it, and then you kind of map out your plan of action. Clay Walker, another country music star, was a guest on my show, and he suffers from pain due to multiple sclerosis and uses diet, spirituality, and exercise and his music as ways to transcend the pain of the disease. I'm curious, what kind of effect does music have on your pain? When you sing, it's not syntax or context so much as it is this pure emotionality that words can't even get close to coloring or describing. And it's also deep breathing. When you're deep breathing, you're cleansing your whole body physically. And when I'm on stage, I imagine that I'm weightless, that I'm levitating, that the top of my head is opened up and those gorgeous feral lights that are above us yes. are pure energy and, and light waves coming through my body that I'm one with all the audience. You highlight some excellent points. That is that the mind-body-spirit interlink provides such a great counterbalance to traditional approaches to pain relief that help patients engage their own healing process. Oh, yeah. We're one unit, man. We are one <laughs> unit. And I found a characteristic that exists in someone who survives, and that would be spirituality. The second one is support system. Number three is having a sense of humor. Uh, number four is nature. And I worry about people who... The closest they get to nature is the Discovery Channel or something on TV. Uh, number five, of course, is rest, the right amount of activity. That's why I like Pilates. Then you've got food, nutrition, being good to your liver, don't drink, don't drink. Doing what Clay Walker was telling you about, taking good foods that actually are like medicine. Mm-hmm. So when you open your refrigerator door, imagine it's a medicine cabinet. And number eight, open belief system, Yeah. So aromatherapy, music, meditation, biofeedback, massage, guided imagery, visualization, brain state, mm-hmm. brain state technologies. I've been studying with a physicist in Scottsdale who has figured out how to harmonize brainwave activities. I'd like to mention that Naomi Judd and her daughter Winona are starring in a new series that recently premiered April 10th, 2011 on OWN, Oprah's new network. Oprah wanted us to be ourselves and it's very complex. Sometimes it's high drama, 
raw emotion. It's kind of like with what you do. I'm offering people ways to get out of their pain. Can I ask you to do something for me? Absolutely. Do you ever run into Dr. Ben Carson? Off and on. Would you give him a hug for me? He's a good friend. <laughs> I will. I will. And one of, the, one of the things I so cherish about Dr. Ben, and already I like you, is that thank we, you. there are practitioners, there are great doctors out there like you. Well, thank you. And thank you for being with us today. Live well and be well. This is Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. When we continue, we'll hear from Dr. David Mount, an expert on the relationship between chronic pain and psychological health, who will offer tips on achieving a healthier connection between the body and the mind. Aches and Gains is sponsored by Endo Pharmaceuticals, a U.S.-based specialty healthcare solutions company that delivers innovative diagnostics, drugs, devices, and clinical data to meet the needs of patients in areas such as pain, urology, oncology, and endocrinology. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. We're here with Dr. David Mount, a psychologist and an assistant professor at Wake Forest University School of Medicine, where he is the director for community outreach, partnerships, and advocacy at the Maya Angelou Research Center for Health Equity. He's the founder and president of Mind Body Institute of the Piedmont in North Carolina. And today he's here to talk to us about methods for holistic wellness and pain relief. Dr. Mount, welcome to the show. I'm glad to be with you. Dr. Mount, your work focuses on holistic health. Will you explain to our listeners what exactly that means? I mean, what is holistic medicine? We focus more from a comprehensive biopsychosocial model. It truly looks at the whole person. And the goal is to understand the individual. You know, the disease is is one component, but the person still has a whole life. So it's this disease and this person and their social environment and their mental health understanding of their particular illness, how these factors then align with how these folks understand them and understand themselves in terms of their spiritual uh, wellness. How does the mind have power over the health of the body? You know, what you tell yourself is what things are. And so if you're telling yourself that, hey, I have no mastery over the illness I have, then your self-fulfilling prophecy will be such, be that. And so if I try to conceive very positive things, my body should be able to receive those things too. Is there any scientific evidence to support the mind-body connection? Absolutely. You know, when we uh, engage folks in certain relaxation techniques, you can see how blood pressure control can change instantaneously. When I've tried to recommend holistic approaches to pain relief, some of my patients are reluctant and feel that their pain is simply too severe and can't be just willed away. Are they missing a real opportunity for controlling their pain? The patient brings to the table a a cultural understanding that may not have embraced alternative wellness approaches. We have to recognize that they they will oftentimes need extensive education to get them to broach uh, other ways of thinking about managing their symptoms. And Naomi Judd talks about empowering herself, using nature and visualization, among other things, to control her pain. In effect, her mind blocks the pain. Is this possible? It is possible. And what, and what, she, what she's doing is helping herself focus in a different arena. I also live with chronic pain. And oftentimes when I'm struggling with shoulder-related complications, I try to engage in certain stretches, stretching techniques to take the focus of my energy to my lower extremities as opposed to having my focused attention concentrated on my shoulder. 
Wow, that's fascinating. I read that you have neck pain from an injury. What techniques for wellness have you found the most successful? Uh, you know, physical therapy, massage, acupuncture. But when I started to embrace yoga as a lifestyle change, it really helped me promote a sense of strength and control in my body that I previously did not have. Well, let's take a moment and talk about yoga. What are your impressions on the value of yoga? When I talk to patients I work with about yoga, while trying to focus on balance and strengthening, strengthening, you're focusing on breathing. You're, you're struggling to deal with the different poses. You're not able to be so hypervigilant about the pain symptoms. A patient of mine had such intense pain that she would use the serenity prayer as a means of comfort just to get her through each day. The serenity prayer is used in 12-step programs like AA, and it says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Is there a sense that motivational statements like this are useful? I think in the case of the serenity prayer, what what the patient is also talking about is her adaptive form of self, uh, of meditation. Because when she's going through that process, again, she's given herself permission not to feel the need to have control over this. There's such a need in our society to be always in control. And the thing about pain oftentimes is that it comes out of the blue and you it makes you vulnerable. So figuring out meditation techniques that give you permission not to feel a need to have control can be a wonderful strategy for managing one's pain. Dr. Mount, do you feel that uh, certain people are more open to mind-body therapies than others? Yes. The mind-body connectivity requires an individual to have a certain tolerance for ambiguity because it won't be the situation of a quick fix. So you must have a certain personality style that allows you to examine and seek patience while you're trying to achieve a particular goal in the case of chronic pain management would be symptom reduction. You realize it's not a sprint, it's a journey. Your work has helped us understand that psychological distress and hopelessness can prevent us from behaving in healthy ways. It seems like your message is that taking a responsibility for your health does indeed lead to proactive changes. How can people with pain take hold of your work and create in themselves a more balanced response to their pain? It's important to find a buffering community of hope and support and nurturance. You know, um, I think it's one has to recognize that you will have ups, you will have downs, you will have moments of hostility. And so it, be, it becomes just one's ability just to get in front of it and stay quite optimistic and really challenge yourself not to fall into the pit of pessimism. Okay. Uh, You know, a lot of patients that come to me want a quick fix. I mean, an injection or a nerve block or something to take their pain away quickly and completely. But your approach seems like it's a bit different and it may take a bit longer. What we do is constantly anticipate for the um, participant that the journey is not one that's going to be won in a day or so. This may very well be a lifelong journey. So managing expectation, I think, is so critical. Yes. You know, and if we, if we falsely manage expectation, then we get what we get from the situation that we are working in. And that's oftentimes individuals having a um, 
a sense that it needs to be quick as opposed to thinking, okay, this is about lifestyle change. How do you respond to the skeptics in the medical community regarding non-traditional approaches to care? I think the way you address the skeptics in the medical community is to build a momentum in the patient community and help them become the best advocates for this type of work. Because I think when the patients speak in a united voice about how they are benefiting, I think system change is more likely to occur. Before we close, can you share some success stories of patients who've benefited from holistic medicine? Last week, one of uh, the participants in my group who has severe arthritis throughout the body, the, the success was he was afraid to participate in the yoga activities with us. But when the community of the support group rallied him on and he got up and started moving, this guy became tearful because he experienced a just noticeable difference in his pain level. And he felt like he was the one producing it because it wasn't medication-driven. His pain self-efficacy actually changed in a positive direction. Dr. Mount, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Take care now. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and this is Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is sponsored by Neurogesics a biopharmaceutical company focused on developing and commercializing novel pain management therapies. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. Here we have a question from Laverne from Las Vegas, Nevada. She asks, Dr. Christo, I've suffered from headaches all my life. I was diagnosed with a brain bleed about 10 years ago. I now have trigeminal neuralgia of the head and face. I'm currently taking carbamazepine and butalbital for pain, but the pain is unbearable. Are there any new medicines or procedures to relieve this pain? Well, Laverne, you're actually taking the common and approved medicines for trigeminal neuralgia, which is a, a nerve condition that causes intense facial pain. Other medicines that are used are things like baclofen, clonazepam, oxcarbazepine, phenytoin, and Depakote. There are surgical options, too, and they include things like microvascular decompression. Radiation surgery has some success as well. Radiofrequency procedures that place a needle near the trigeminal nerve to heat the area and create a lesion can ease the pain, and something called glycerol rhizolysis that involves placing a a nerve-altering agent around the trigeminal nerve can be effective as well. All of these procedures can cause side effects, so you should discuss these with your doctor before proceeding. And here we have a question from Jack from Reston, Virginia. Dr. Christo, I'm prone to hamstring injuries. When is it okay to keep playing, and when should I hit the sidelines? Great question, Jack. The hamstring muscles, which are the muscles behind the thigh, uh, can be injured commonly in those who run and do things like kick aggressively, as in uh, jumping and quick start sports, like baseball or basketball, uh, football, and soccer. The forceful exertion required in these sports can tear part of the tendon attachments of the hamstrings to a bone called the ischial tuberosity, which is the bone that we sit on. It's okay to keep playing if you don't experience hamstring pain, but I'd consider hitting the sidelines once the pain begins to intensify. Make sure that you stretch your hamstrings before and after the game and give yourself adequate rest, as in weeks, before returning to the game if you've injured these muscles. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo 
and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Christo, especially for upcoming shows, please email him at achesandgains at gmail.com. That's achesandgains at gmail.com. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Eric Vohr and Dr. Paul Christo. Ty Ford is the audio engineer, and Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.